0: Hi everyone, and stoked for today's episode, our first ever open heart episode with Dr. Terry Mack. Dr. Tari is absolutely amazing. She's a clinical psychologist and a celebrity relationship expert who's appeared on Access Hollywood, CBS News and appeared in Cosmo, Parade and so many other major publications as well as speaking internationally to help people change themselves so they can change their relationships. Today we are discussing conflict and toxic conflict using a recent Love Island situation to help us go a little bit deeper. What does it mean when we get triggered? Where do we learn our reactions from? Is anger self-sabotage or does it hold the key to something deeper? We also look at the biology of anger, how so many of us are conditioned to have a certain type of anger response, as well as exploring why it sometimes feels good to be angry. We explore gaslighting, the fine line of telling the truth and a white lie, and so much more. Let us know how you enjoyed the episode and be sure to share this on social media, as well as giving us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify if you loved it thank you so much and let's get into it. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Open Heart on the Open House podcast. I have the amazing Dr. Terry Mack back with me again. Hi Terry. Hi so happy to have you can't wait to do this episode with you so much to talk about Um, so for everyone listening we're just going to do a quick recap of what we're talking about today so if you are in the UK two nights ago we had a very 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 hot and heavy episode on Love Island UK I'm going to give you a little bit of background of what happened so if you're already familiar with the situation you can just kind of skip forward the next 60 seconds or so here is what happened in short So Teddy and Faye were both coupled up in the Love Island Villa. They were firm fan favorites. Both of them had gone through a lot in their previous relationships, especially Faye. um, And it was kind of very much like a big deal for them to let their guard down. She was very visibly nervous and defensive about doing this. And as it started to come down, we all started to kind of fall in love with them as a couple. However, Halfway through the show, the bit that everyone is always waiting for, the boys head over to Casa Amor, where they were introduced to a whole nother bunch of girls. At this point, this is when things started to go downhill. Teddy and Faye chose each other, which means that when they came back to the villa, they recoupled. But what what Teddy didn't tell Faye was that he had a slightly compromising uh, discussion with another girl in Casa Amor. This came out later in a video challenge where the boys were shown videos of the girls and vice versa, and Faye got to watch Teddy having this discussion with a girl called Clarice saying that he felt um, sexually attracted to her, I think were his precise words. What came next was a total meltdown. Faye absolutely lost her head. Um, She was shouting and shouting, not only at Teddy, but at anyone that tried to intervene. A guy called Dale tried to talk to her. She was abusive towards him. Um, She shouted at a guy called Matt. And interestingly, none of the girls stepped in to calm her down. So the situation became more and more increasingly stressful before at the end of the episode, we saw everyone go to bed, Faye had calmed down, we saw her crying. Um, And the final point is as the episode ended, everyone was in bed and we saw Faye getting out of bed. At this point, obviously the hopeless romantics among us hope that she is getting out of bed to go and say to Teddy, I am so sorry. And in fact, she went up to the dressing room where she had left her cuddly toy that she needed to sleep with. So we have not had an episode since this and it has been what everyone here has been talking about was it abusive? Was she gaslighting him? Why did she react that way? Was he in the wrong? Was she in the wrong? Etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So we have a lot to talk about, don't we, Terry? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, this is so yeah. important. I'm
1: so glad we're talking about this because I think it's so important.
0: Me too. And I think it's also a really interesting situation with what has happened on previous um, series of Love Island um, and, you know, a number of very, very sad suicides relating to the show from contestants. It feels like there's been a lot of discussion about an increased duty of care towards the participants. Um, But in this situation, it once again seemed like the TV moment was potentially more important than someone pulling Faye or Teddy out of that. Um, So one of the tweets that we kind of particularly thought was interesting here was someone saying Faye clearly has some sort of attachment disorder, which is very, very real to her. Um, But whether or not yeah, interesting, (laughs) I don't even know what an attachment disorder is. So we'll we'll go into that. But the one thing that I do agree with it says what whether you do or do not agree with me, she needs support and should be taken out of this situation by the production team. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: um, just want to preface this with Obviously that, that I think this situation could have been dealt with differently. Um, But as it wasn't, we are going to dive into what happened. Um, And I guess, shall we start Dr. Terry with goodness, like what happened here? Like what, what was going on?
1: Yeah. Well, the one piece that you didn't talk about was that Faye had like a flirtation with another guy, right? And she was open with Teddy about that.
0: You're right. That was a really big part of it. She connected with a guy called Sam. It was not really anything, but they did share a bed together and she felt that she had been 100% honest to Teddy. Um, But when Teddy came back and said to her, you know, I didn't have a connection with anyone. I didn't do anything with anyone. Actually, when the video came out later on, she felt like you were not 100% honest with me. And actually, there was a very interesting moment where he said, but did I lie to you? Did I lie to you, though? And I was thinking, oh, you didn't lie to her, but you were not honest because you maybe did not tell her anything at all. So that's also an interesting line, isn't it, between like actively lying and withholding information? Yeah,
1: well, it's manipulation. We'll get to that. but so you asked what happened. So when Faye saw that video and found out that he had not been completely honest, she got triggered. And what does it mean when we get triggered? It means we go from like zero to a hundred emotionally in a second. And, you know, we get flooded with feeling, whether it's anger, fear, sadness, whatever that is, we, you know, we're overwhelmed with feeling and we're not rational. We're we're not in a place where we can um, communicate from our adult self. We can't hear and listen to anybody else. And so that is a time when we, when we get triggered that we should not be trying to engage with anybody, especially the person who has triggered us. And so obviously Faye didn't know that. A lot of us don't yet have this awareness about what triggers us, what our particular specific triggers are, because there's usually like a handful. Um, Hers, obviously one of them is like this betrayal or being lied to. And so then she goes off, right? She's angry and underneath that anger is probably like deep disappointment, deep hurt, a sense of betrayal. Mm. Then you see what happens after that. Um, nothing good happens when we try to communicate, when we're overwhelmed with feeling and when we're triggered, nobody hears us. Nobody
0: respects us. That is so true. I feel like I already have so much to say on this. Like one of the things, so what I've learned um, more recently about the nervous system is that when we are regulated and the nervous system is kind of functioning as it should, we sit in, you know, that I guess just balanced states where we can communicate, when our nervous system gets dysregulated, you know we can either go into fight or flight. We can go into freeze. I think it's fair to say, right, that in this situation, uh, Faye went into fight or flight. But fight. one, right, correct. <laughs> but one of the one of the most interesting things um, for me about this is as someone who has historically had a very bad temper. Um, Definitely since going to therapy, I would say like, I am more calm than I've ever been and just so much better at being able to regulate myself and communicate and avoid these kinds of situations. And, but there is one thing I want to say on her behalf, which is that when you go into this like fight or flight, especially this anger, like this conflict mode, I believe that the body and it's probably the brain releases things like adrenaline and norepinephrine. Um, and i think there's also something to do with the dopamine in this moment yeah. and i think that for anyone that has been there at some point in their life you know when you are raging there is something about it in the moment like you don't want to stop like you want to just keep going like if you're in that mode and you're you're going at it rather than like trying to run away from it and i think it's good to understand that you know she almost was like on a biological roller coaster as well as a psychological roller coaster and yeah. for me like one of the The two like most sensitive moments of the episode, like when she had calmed down, when that nervous system had had calmed down and and re-regulated, like we saw her crying. It was sad. Like it made me feel sad for her, despite what she had just done and said. It's good to understand the biology as well as the psychology that like we can get on a roller coaster that like. We're going to ride until the argument is done. And so sometimes being able to understand the psychology of those situations will enable us to not even get on the roller coaster at all.
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I'm loving that you're, you made that point because yeah, those chemicals feel good, right? So we lean into that. But the problem is if you see what's happening on social media after this episode, um, Faye is just being vilified. Right? Because she was the loud one, she was the angry one. the The truth is her feelings are valid. first of all, Teddy did withhold information. He wasn't completely honest. That's what her reaction is about. But because her reaction is so big and ugly and childlike, that's what's getting the attention. And so that's what I always want people to understand is when we're acting crazy, when we're yelling, when we're out of control, when we're out of our own power because you know we're not
0: regulated, um, we lose credibility. I love it that you re re-bought up like the coming from a place of either adult versus child. I'd love to just go into that a little bit further in case people don't understand kind of what that means. Oh my gosh,
1: absolutely. So as children, we learn from our families rules about emotions. We learn models of emotional expression and we take on certain roles in the family. And all of this is typically unspoken. Sometimes it's spoken, like don't cry, suck it up. But usually it's like everybody has a different role in the family. Certain people get to express certain emotions or nobody gets to express any emotions at all. And then as children, we learn how to cope when we feel hurt, when we feel powerless, when we feel scared, when we feel angry, we learn those ways of coping because, you know, as children we are very perceptive and we learn how to feel two things, safe and loved, and basically how to survive our families. It's a, it's kind of a dramatic word, but we learn how to, you know, survive even the, even the most loving families, right? So those are our coping strategies that we learn. And then we carry those into our adult relationships and they're usually pretty dysfunctional as adults. They don't work as well. Like for instance, if we're disappointed, sad, or scared, if we went and shut ourselves in our room and didn't talk to anyone or didn't share because we knew that wouldn't do any good in our family. If we do that as an adult, that's not going to work in your relationship. If you lash out, if you scream and cry, if you do that in your adult relationships, like we saw Faye doing, that doesn't get you what you want either. Because as adults, what we want as humans is connection. Mm. If we have not grown up our coping strategies, our emotional expression models, then when we need connection the most like faded you know she was feeling so hurt and so betrayed she pushed away connection she pushed pushed away love as opposed to asking for nurturing or you know coming from that more regulated place that where she'd
0: be able to say I'm really hurt Mm. I'm really angry and I don't know what to do oh okay so two things from my side here I love kind of the explanatory point around you know we learn these responses in childhood um and I think that there's obviously a whole different um sliding spectrum and scale of this but from my experience it seems like you either to generalize hugely you either like to engage in conflict or you don't
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and so you know i came from a family where we sure as shit vocalized whatever was going on so i grew up into an adult that like very much vocalized how i felt and I can openly admit, you know, pre-therapy that was not vocalizing it in a regulated state. It was for sure another episode territory, but like I have been in some super rollercoaster relationships where this fighting was a huge part of it. So I think it's really interesting for us to think that, you know, she probably learned this at some point in her childhood. And then also what I think is interesting, like, as we go through relationships in life, often when we're younger, I don't want to say enable, but if you don't have someone that's going to break the cycle and basically say to you, like, you cannot function this way. And this is what my ex-boyfriend did to me. Like, you cannot Function in this way. Like, if you were going to do this to me, I am not going to engage in a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when the flashlight turned on, like, okay, this actually isn't normal. Like, I reckon, and it would be amazing to hear what Faye has to say, because I truly think that she thinks that her reaction is justified because he betrayed her and he really hurt her. And on top of that, he has mugged her off, which is UK slang for like embarrassed her, you know, on public television that everyone's watching. Right. Um, so yeah, I love the point around like learning it in childhood. There's quite a lot of talk out there um, in the Twitter sphere, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, saying that this was A piece of self-sabotage from Faye, you know, the day or two before the fight, she was kind of having some cold feet around a couple of things and people saying it was self-sabotage. Now, I don't think I actually agree with this, although, you know, if there's something we don't know about, i.e. she had decided she doesn't want to be with Teddy, then yes, you know, maybe she's using this as a way out. I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that.
1: No, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not saying she doesn't self-sabotage her relationships. I honestly don't know enough about her relationship history. But in this particular episode, what I saw in that conflict was actually Teddy was denying the reality of what she was upset about. And he kept trying to twist it. And he did not once take ownership of the fact that, no, he didn't do anything with this other woman, but her problem was that he didn't tell her that there were any conversations like the one that she saw. And instead of him taking ownership of that and saying, you know what, you're right, I should have told you that, he completely denied it and kept twisting it so she was the crazy one. She was the one that was the problem. Some people on social media are saying that Faye was gaslighting... Teddy. So I watched these, you know, I watched all of the interactions and the truth is, Teddy was gaslighting Faye. He was the one denying what happened. He was not taking ownership.
0: Got a lot to say there because we've stored up a couple of tweets on this, which I'm just going to read now because I think they give some good context of like what the British public are kind of saying right now. Um, So one of them is that Faye has committed reality TV suicide. Teddy, move on brother. So once again, they're just like, you know, not looking at both sides of the story there's obviously a lot of like gender like stereotypes and like issues and and complex challenges that we're not going to go into in today's episode but i think our key takeaway from a lot of the feedback is like yes she has been vilified and she has been so noisy that it's actually overshadowed lovely quiet calm teddy who because he has been well put together you know he actually said I think at one point she was like I don't want to speak to you because I don't want to scream at you um and he said exactly Faye I just want to speak with you you know because he seemed to be the good guy in this situation Mm -hmm. you're right like until I spoke with you about that I didn't even notice or understand that actually he he was gaslighting her by basically like denying the reality of, of what happened. So I don't know. I, I don't think I even really understood what gaslighting was. I thought it meant saying things basically like pouring gas on the fire to make it worse. So maybe you could, could just give everyone a little overview of what gaslighting actually is and explain how Teddy maybe was gaslighting and no one has picked it up. Yeah. So
1: gaslighting actually comes from this movie, this old movie where a robber, like this crook guy, I think Mary's a woman, moves into her house, wants to steal her money. So every night he turns down the um the level of light in her gas lamp. And then when she she says, like it's getting darker in here, he's like, No, you're crazy. What are you talking about? It's not darker in here. So that's where the term comes from. Gaslighting is denying reality, denying someone else's reality to make them doubt themselves, to make them feel like they're crazy, to make them doubt their own perceptions. And so Teddy, she kept saying, and again, she was saying it loudly. So nobody was really hearing her. You never told me this. I had to find out watching this video. And he never once said, you're right. I'm sorry. He just kept saying, when did I lie to you? He kept denying. He knew full well what she was upset about. And that's the point I want to make. Is oftentimes when we are being gaslit or when someone is not hearing us, we get louder. It's like we get louder. We want to be heard. We want to explain. We we want somebody to understand us. But getting louder and crazier is not going to help and understand you because if he wanted to understand, he would have understood, but he just didn't want to take ownership. You are trying to be heard when you are having these huge feelings. What you need to do is take a break and go regulate yourself so that when you come back and communicate, you are more credible. You know that you are coming from a place of, you know, being rational. (laughs) You can still be angry, but you're being rational. You are
0: regulated and nobody can
1: point at you and say, God, you're crazy.
0: I also think that having that understanding of your triggers is huge here because I think that the way, when I look back, I can see this sliding scale of Um, situation happened, then moved into the response. The response escalated and escalated and escalated. As he walked off, he said to her, you're a prick. Um, Again, in the UK, you know, derogatory term. And um, she said, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yes, I am a prick for believing anything that came out of your mouth. And in that instant, you know, she had gone through the dysregulation. She was then gaslit by him, denied her reality. And where it came back to full circle was back to her trigger, back to her own conviction, which is actually affirming that trigger, which is like, yes, if I trust someone, they are going to hurt me. Um, they are going to abandon me. They are going to betray me. They And I think she also said, you know, I think she also said that you wanted to be my boyfriend. And he said, yeah, I did. And she said to him, this is exactly why I don't want anyone to be my boyfriend, because this is what happens. Like, this is what boyfriends do. Obviously a massive generalization, but... But in her experience, that's what boyfriends do. Right, because she's gone through this before. It's happened again. The cycle has repeated and unfortunately hasn't been broken in this relationship. And if anything, it's been affirmed. So yeah, I just thought it was interesting how it came back to that trigger. Perhaps she needed to you know, not only uh, come back into that situation, if she could do it again with a regulated nervous system with the timeout and the communication, but also being aware of her own triggers. And that's why I'm obsessed with therapy. You sometimes don't know what they are until you go into it. So how can you ever change the way that your conflict is happening? If you, if you're subconsciously, unconsciously like living these cycles, right? You
1: can't, right. And I just, I want to make a point uh, before we talk more about this, I think actually Faye made the right decision. I would not want her to stay with him Ooh. because mm-hmm. what he did by you know a not telling the truth that would have been one thing but if he would have owned up to it at any point if he would have said at any point you're right I'm sorry I get why you're so upset then I would have thought okay he's a healthy mature conscious partner he doesn't he's not an emotionally safe partner
0: because he's gaslighting her he is not owning up to it I just got goosebumps whilst you were talking there and you know that we call goosebumps truth bumps and so yeah that for Me is is major because I feel like I wouldn't have thought that, and I just love that input. And I also think that there's a really, really interesting comparison here. So there's another couple in the villa called Liam and Millie. Mm -hmm. Um, Liam was also unfaithful in Casa and more, but it was a different, you know, he was physically unfaithful, unfaithful. He kissed another girl and kind of had a number of kisses with her. Mm -hmm. So She he came back to the villa, and um, the way that she dealt with the situation was vastly different to how Faye Faye dealt with it. Um, And there's a tweet here that says, "Look at the way that Millie handled her situation when Liam was unfaithful. She dealt with it very maturely, and it just shows that Faye is actually not emotionally mature at all." Mm. And I think that that's also just an interesting comparison because. He came back and I guess for the most part, like, yeah, he admitted to, you know, what he'd done. And obviously, actually, he was, he had to admit because the girl, the other girl came back to the villa and basically told everyone. Mm -mm. So, you know, we can't, it would have been interesting to see what had happened if the same thing had happened. But I think it was just interesting with Millie to see that she was upset, she cried, but she didn't scream, she didn't shout, she took herself away, she took a good couple of days away from him which in the villa is like weeks, and then as they started to rebuild it was very slow, very gentle, very communicative he was very respectful, like, you know, he wouldn't even kiss her on the lips because she was like, I'm not ready to do this. So it's just Mm -hmm. interesting to view them as comparisons. And I guess also going back to our earlier point would be interesting to know what phase family life and, you know, like uh, upbringing was versus Millie's, how did their parents, you know, how did they deal with conflict in their own childhoods because vastly different situations. So yeah, thought that was maybe interesting as well. Exactly. And two points.
1: I think, you know, everybody's just looking at Faye, like in the, they see Faye is the villain. Teddy is the angel. The reality is like every dynamic is co-created by both people. So did, does Faye have work to do? Hell yeah, she does. She has work to figure out how to calm herself down and regulate when she gets triggered and when she's angry and not to do this again. Um, many of us have that work to do. But also she's very wise in that she knows he's not an emotionally safe partner. I don't care how great two people are when things are good. The telltale sign of a healthy relationship that is a safe container is what happens when there's conflict. Teddy's part in this is that again... He didn't own his part and he's never going to own his part. This is how you see people and how safe they are. I am
0: loving this because this is not, you know, guys, we did not discuss this part before we came on here. So like, I did not know that we were going to go down this avenue. And I feel like I'm loving this because the general public is just vilifying Faye. And actually like I was vilifying Faye too. Like, I just love this therapist mind that you're bringing to the table.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that essentially, like in any relationship, you you need to have a safe container, an emotionally safe relationship with two emotionally safe people. So Faye has work to do so she doesn't act out like this, like a child when she has big feelings, but Teddy has work to do if he wants to do it, who knows, in like, Owning your shit, owning when you screw up and not manipulating the situation when you can because she's acting crazy. So then you say, Yeah, you're crazy, essentially, you know? Wow. And I'm just so passionate about this because so many people were not taught what emotional safety is because many of us grow up in families where there isn't emotional safety, not because our parents are bad people, but because they were never taught what emotional safety is. And emotional safety means you can have all of your feelings. The other person can hold space for them and hear them. You can be honest. You work through things. Conflict brings you closer. Wow. But if both people aren't willing to own their part, it
0: can't grow. Oh, I just want to say, so you mentioned the word passionate, and I've got two things that I want to bring up here. I think that Faye will be like me in some regards, which is that during my 20s, I would blame my temper on being a passionate, fiery person. Mm-hmm. Like, I would always be like, I'm a fire sign. I'm a Sagittarius. You know, I think it's become one of her personality traits is like being the like bolshie um, yeah, you know, I don't want to use the B word that normally comes after bullshit, but like that's mm-hmm. become one of her personality traits that I think, again, is where therapy is amazing. Because, like, no, these these are not just who you are, like these are learned traits. You know, there may be some element of temperament, genetic, whatever, but for the most part, this is learned. Um, mm-hmm. and the other thing I wanted to pick up on on the word passionate was that I know this is something we spoke about before, is that. This is how a lot of couples communicate. I'd love for you just to go into that a little bit deeper and then I will maybe give you a bit of personal insight. It seems like I have personal insight for everything, which is concerning. Well, I love that about you. You're just so open and willing to share.
1: And, and you know, that's how we, we learn from each other. But so, yeah, like this this way of fighting, it, it's not good for a relationship. I mean, you know, the the huge blow-ups, And then like the makeup sex or, you know, however it comes together, it it creates damage. But some couples, you know, have this like extreme highs, extreme lows, which is often a toxic relationship because it means things are great when there's not an issue. But when there is an issue, you know, shit hits the fan and a lot of damage can be done. But these couples oftentimes don't know how to connect when there isn't conflict. So they actually use conflict as a way to connect. It's the only way they know how to express feeling is through conflict. The problem is like every time you have a fight like that, where you're yelling and screaming and accusing and blaming, you're creating damage in the relationship. And you know, John Gottman, who is a relationship researcher, psychologist has done tons of research. And he talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which are basically like, the four things that show up in your conflicts that predict divorce or breakups. And they are defensiveness, which Teddy displayed, which is like, I didn't do that. Like, when did I lie to you? You know, like it's, it's like a denial. It's attack mode, which Faye was displaying. Um, criticism, which is like, you always, you never, you know, blame, accusations, stonewalling, which is just when one person shuts down, withdraws, disengages and contempt, which is like sarcasm, eye rolling, like, oh yeah, that's, you know, what was happening in this conflict as well. If you want to have a relationship, that going to create like a happy, healthy relationship that has a, you know, a friendship at the foundation. You need to know how to have conflict that doesn't include those four things. And this is something none of us are ever taught in school or anywhere Which is why I have a job.
0: (laughs) You know, so I feel like the two notable points here are that I was in one relationship with a very angry man um, for a very, very long time. Again, another episode as to why I stayed for that long. Um, And yeah, very, very angry, but it just became who we were like everything that comes with fighting and the makeup and like, oh God, it was awful we were in some he did some awful and said some awful things Mm. to me like looking back it's actually very sad um and then I was also in the other in my last relationship like he was so good at dissociating because of what he'd gone through that he would just stonewall totally um and then if and then you would
1: get louder probably
0: Then I would get louder because also like if you're going to walk out when I'm distressed, that's then going to trigger my abandonment wound. So then I got even louder and then the whole thing was just like a fucking nightmare. Um, Right. That is, yeah, that is fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing them. I feel like we should go into them in more detail in like another workshop soon because that absolutely really sounds amazing so before we wrap up I just want to ask you one final question two final questions actually the first one is we saw Faye basically saying like walk away you know keep walking like don't talk to me etc etc so she was to some extent trying to set a boundary there I think But also, you know, is it her responsibility to walk away or is it both of them a responsibility to walk away? What are your thoughts on the boundary that she kind of tried to weirdly unsuccessfully set?
1: Yeah, well, she was trying to set a boundary, but again, she was like dysregulated and not rational. So it's hard to take that seriously. True. So ultimately, it's both of their responsibility. But because she was the one who was triggered, it would have been best for her to leave right? To set the boundary by leaving and not waiting for him to leave. On the other hand, she was telling him essentially, she said like, walk away. I don't want to scream at you. So she was telling him, I'm upset. I'm going to be yelling. And it was up to him to choose. Um, But in reality, the takeaway is it is always our responsibility to recognize when we are triggered and not to try to communicate or engage Then Mm -hmm. nothing good will ever come from it. You will create damage in your relationship. So she held the ultimate responsibility in that moment to calm down. He held the responsibility for doing something that wasn't okay by not being completely honest.
0: Yeah, super, super interesting, because also, you know, I've been in her situation before, like it's easier said than done to be able to walk away when you can feel it like rising up like through your body and you just want to like explode. So I totally get that. I also think we can give her um, a little bit of benefit of the doubt, which is that we don't know what the producers were doing. You know, they might have been saying, like, are you going to let him mug you off on, you know, live national TV? So we don't know what happened there. But I also thought it was interesting how um, some of the guys tried to get involved. At which point she would clap back and, you know, definitely vocalise that they should. <laughs> I'm not going to say what she said, but you know, mm-hmm. you can imagine what she said. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, none of the girls stepped in. Now I would like to think that in that situation, they're they're all very very close. They've been in there for quite a long time now. That I would take her to the side and be like, "I love you. I totally understand that you are." so upset right now should we go and have a time out because nothing good is going to come of this and i will tell him not to come anywhere near you you know for the next whatever long right no no one did that no one no one did anything and i just i don't know and again we haven't discussed this so i don't know if you have any thoughts on that like do you and again let's just hope that the producers didn't say you know stay out of it Right. Um, but do you think that in those do you think people were scared of her? Do you think that they felt that she should be, you know, he was in the wrong. So yeah, Faye, you go, like you tell him what he's done. And I guess we'll never know the answers to that. I just thought that, you know, if we have a friend that's like in a situation like that, what kind of advice should we be giving them?
1: Yeah. So I would say, you know, if it's you and you're, you've you been wronged or you're triggered by something, you're having a big feeling about something, whether it's hurt, betrayal, anger, sadness, fear, whatever it is, recognize it and then take a break. And you said it's hard. It is so hard to do that. But when you understand that you will be more credible, you will earn more respect and And you'll get your point across better if you're coming from a regulated place than Mm -hmm. if you go crazy because it's really easy for somebody to discount you and your message when you're not regulated. So if it's you, go calm yourself down. And it might take five minutes. It might take an hour. It might take a couple of days, but only come back to communicate when you are centered, right? And you can communicate from that conscious place if you're, if you're seeing a friend go through this, the loving thing to do would be to to tell them, I agree with you, your feelings are real, but this isn't the way to go about it. So let's go like calm down and talk through it so we can figure out how you want to address
0: it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I think my final point here is that, you know, I've kind of given some insight into the fact that I definitely have a temper and pro or historically was pro conflict, but actually in my last relationship, you know, once we moved past the stonewalling and we ended up in a place where, you know, he was very, very, very calm, probably partially due to being able to dissociate, but he would never engage with me in the way that I uh, wanted to. Once I started to understand where he was coming from, I was then able to, whenever I felt that feeling coming up, if we were together, I would say, I need to just, go in the other room so I would physically leave the second that you're on your own you know it just the roller coaster stops it's like the emergency stop button and the other thing that I found is that girls will like hammer the keyboard and they'll keep hammering it and hammering it if you're with a partner that engages in that and and provokes that cycle of conflict it's impossible to get out of it can just go and go and go but because my ex-boyfriend would not do that Mm-hmm. Um, and the first few times that he basically was like, I think we need to take some time out. We will pick this up again in XYZ minutes, days, hours, whatever. I definitely didn't like it. But actually, over time, I then started to learn to be able to communicate in that way too. So I'd say, you know, we're not going to get anywhere on text. Let's take some time out. And so, yeah, despite these kind of like stumbling blocks at the beginning of the relationship, I think that actually we learn, you know, really well to break our own cycles of conflict. His being, you know, disassociation, stonewalling, and mine being like pro-conflict, like a bit more of like the fay behavior. So yeah, I, I love those. And I think that it is hard to put them into practice, but it's just so critical, isn't it? to Like having a healthy relationship. It's so critical. And I think what you just said speaks to the power of healing
1: that can happen in relationships. Point that I want to make is, you know, and maybe we'll do a workshop on this, um, but just like the essential qualities that you need to have in a partner. And one of them that I talk about is like someone who can be kind to you, even in conflict, even when they're at their angriest or their saddest or their most scared. But you need to be able to do that as well. So you can't expect anything in a partner that you are not. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to Regulate yourself, calm yourself down when the shit hits the fan massively um, Massively. is so important. So important. And I hope Faye, you know, gets some therapy and, and grows in that way because then she'll be a healthier partner and she will attract a healthier partner.
0: It's the reason that I ended up breaking up with the very angry boyfriend that I mentioned earlier because after three and a half years, I realized do I want the father of my children? to do this? Do I want children to grow up in this environment? And that was basically the main reason that I was finally able to break that cycle. Um, So I think that to anyone listening and who is in a relationship that maybe thinks that it's just a passionate relationship, or this is just, you know, how it is, it's not because of all the things we've spoken about today. But at the very least, always good to think ahead. that If there is a potential family in your future, the environment that you bring these children into is going to teach them everything they know about how they're going to engage with their partner. Um, So unless you have anything else to add on that. No, no. I think that's a great summary. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Except I'm actually not going to drop the mic because it's too expensive to break. So we'll just leave that that there. Um, But thank you again. Absolute pleasure. I love, I love doing this with you. I just think there's so much that we learn and discover we never know where they're going to go and just truly some of my favorite hours are with you so thank you so much thank you louise i will speak to you very soon all right we'll see you Love all you. soon bye, Love you. bye.